0: Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim and you are listening to Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death Affect the way we live our life joining me this week from pittsburgh pennsylvania is amber von liberty an old friend of mine we've known each other since 1999 and she is a land and title legal consultant as well as a member of the pittsburgh sea shanty band and the Cheerly men i'm sure she'll explain uh, one or both and let's hear from her now amber how's it going
1: it's great, and it's just so great to be here and to hear your voice after all these years.
0: I know, I can't believe it. I was trying to explain like how far back we go, and then I was like telling Alana, my wife, that you know we you came to my house in Iowa. Remember?
1: I remember that. No, it's one of my favorite memories of college. No joke. Ah, uh, that was just uh, a magic. Those were healthy on days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, it was, it was crazy. I was just thinking about like all the times, and also this is what I love about this podcast is I keep getting to get back in touch with people, um, and like find out where they are now and what they're doing. So. Yeah, yeah, Um, absolutely. And so actually the first question I always ask guests just so the, um, audience can understand and get like an idea is, uh, what, uh, where did you grow up? How old are you and what generation do you consider yourself to be a member of?
1: Oh boy. Uh, so I, uh, grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, spent my whole life there until about 11 years ago when my husband and I, moved to Morgantown, West Virginia, which is somewhere I never thought I'd be. (laughs) And, um, I am 40 years old. I just turned 40. So obviously on my birthday, I just, the heavens opened and wisdom rained down upon me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know how to categorize myself generationally. I feel, um, I, you know, I'm definitely not a millennial in, in, in that sense. But um, I guess we're, what will we be, Gen X? I guess we're Gen X.
0: We get, like, uh, you and I, because we're almost exactly the same age. But uh, I think we get tagged in this weird, like, micro-generation thing. I've had a couple guests say that. Yeah, so that's why we have so much trouble answering that question. But that's enough for me. And I'm sorry that I thought you lived in Pittsburgh again because the Pittsburgh Sea shanty band. So you're still in Morgantown, okay.
1: We are, we are. You know, we um we travel up to Pittsburgh. It's only about 80 miles from where we live. And we actually, we ended up coming a little bit closer because three years ago, today actually, my husband and I bought a farm. We bought a farm uh, over in uh, Fairview, which is about 25 minutes west of Morgantown. So, yeah.
0: Cool, and I know from your Facebook page, um, lots of pictures of cute pigs. I've definitely seen that. So.
1: <laughs> yes, um, yeah, we have two pigs. They, you know, they are. It's like having two drunk toddlers ransack my house daily. Like that's just <laughs> that's just all of it. But uh, six pugs and two and two pigs, uh, pugs and pigs. We're all about the animal rescue here.
0: Very cool. Um, well, that's awesome, and that's a good catch up, and so. The purpose of this podcast uh, is to explore people's faith or lack thereof and their spiritual opinions. Yes. And so I want to like herd us into that conversation only because time is scant and I actually know enough of like some of your background that I have a feeling you're going to have some pretty damn profound thoughts. So um, I will not mince words and I'll just kind of be blunt. Um, You've had some pretty close calls with death and you've had some really uh, interesting experiences. Can you share bullet points or just get into one? Yeah, whatever you want. Oh yeah, sure, so I guess,
1: you know, I I think what you're probably referring to is when I was diagnosed with childhood cancer, um, I was about 17 years old and I had very advanced Hodgkin's disease. Now, traditionally, Hodgkin's disease under the current science is looked at um, a little bit different than some of the other cancers and that's true uh, even back in the 90s when I was diagnosed. Uh, So it has a cure rate, which is great, but it's also interconnected with leukemia and other blood cancers. So even though you can address the Hodgkins with a lot of success, it's the future blood cancers that you have to always be concerned about. Um, And so that happened when I was 17. And then, you know, when I was younger, my mom was actually expecting my little brother and my dad passed away very suddenly. So, you know, there's two very traumatic events in the span of a decade for a very young person. Uh, Definitely left an imprint on my life and has really shaped my views on on spirituality. And, uh, you know, why do things happen to people? Why does any of this stuff happen?
0: Well, and I do remember both and I was kind of referring to both. So I think I'm going to start with your father because that happened first. And it's like chronological. So you don't need to get into the details of like how he passed. But like, can you can you tell me about like, what it's like to be I I guess you were seven years old? I
1: was 11. You were
0: 11. Okay. So did your mom like sit you down?
1: Yeah, you know, it was funny. So so the day he passed was actually the day that my mom and dad were going to get the sonogram to find out that my brother happened to be my brother. And um, so when I got home from school, I realized something was wrong because it was usually my father that picked me up from school, and it was my uncle who picked me up. And I ended up going to stay with a neighbor because he had to go out with my mom. They seemed very panicked, but um, nobody really wanted to get anything. You know, something was, uh, we we have to go and, and, and take care of something with your dad, and that was about as much as I knew. And so nobody realized how severe this was when uh, – when they were talking to me at that point and i think when they got to the hospital is when they realized he had actually passed and so um they came home later in the evening because obviously there are a lot of calls that need to be made and arrangements that need to be handled in the minutes after somebody passes and so when they got home the way they sat me down was um was they were very direct you know and that's just what i would expect from my family they were very direct and it was you know, it didn't really hit me what was going on until the weeks that followed. You know, that was the, the weeks it went, the, the empty chair at the table, which I know sounds so cliche, but it was always, it was very easy to sort of imagine that, you know, well, dad was at work or dad was on vacation. And that was certainly a coping mechanism that I employed at that time, Um it's, it's kind of what got me through, but his death left a huge imprint on how I view, you know, my relationship with death, I guess is how you could, you could look at it. That relationship is, has been fraught uh, (laughs) with a lot of fear and, and trauma. But when I really got into the concept of past life regression and reincarnation, which I know sounds like a lot of woo, but stay with me on this journey, it, it answers a lot of the questions that I had about death and why death happens at, to some people at a very young age, and but not others.
0: Well, actually, it's very coincidental, but we are having a past life regression therapist on the show, and I think her episode is going to debut the week before yours, so this is going to be awesome, um, because she's going to introduce the subject, and you're going to actually talk about how much it did help you. So uh, real quick, what do you think happens when you die?
1: Sure. So, you know, for me, I I really, um, I really do believe in the concept of reincarnation, and I think it actually dovetails with all of the major uh, theologies and religions and things like that. I think that that is an important thing to get out there. Um, you know, for me, I, I think that we have this, our souls have this journey that they're on. And I don't necessarily believe that we're in this continual hamster wheel of dying and rebirth and dying and rebirth. I think it's a choice. And when you frame coming, you know, let's say, you know, coming back to this earthly plane and you're on that journey of perfecting your soul, it really reframes the conversation of things that happen to you and makes it more empowering. And it's more about you know, this is what my soul needed. This is how I have to nourish my soul so that it can get to that next ethereal plane, whatever that may be. And I also think that reincarnation really speaks to the possibility of paranormal activity. All of a sudden, we can start to answer those questions if we think about the geography of the afterlife, right? A lot of books have been written on the geography of the afterlife and discussed how, it's it's these, these spiritual planes of existence, and you kind of keep leveling up, if you will. And you might be stuck in a particular plane for a really long time, and that's just your soul's journey. But if you think about those planes, like stacked panes of glass, and I love this. It, it kind of dawned on me the other night when I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about. Think about the afterlife and those planes of existence like stacked planes of glass or panes of glass. And, you know, when you look through stacked panes of glass, there's light that catches through there and, and reflects. And so, of course, we have paranormal activity. There are these all of these planes of existence that that are beyond the earthly realm that we can't participate in while we're here but they can seep through just like that light seeps through those stacked panes of glass makes sense to me
0: amber you're like as you're as brilliant as i remember you this is awesome (laughs) Um, that was that was a great explanation i am look i mean i've interviewed i think like we're on i think you're like guest 38 or 39. I mean we've done a lot of these and everyone always adds something new to the conversation and you've added a lot of new things. So so thank you. And and I'd love to just kind of like play out a couple of questions that came to my mind from this. Uh, so have you actually had past life regression therapy?
1: So I'm not ready yet. And I'm gonna tell you why. Um it's 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 a real it's a real uh kick in the gut and it's something I think you have to be mentally prepared for. It's a very healing experience. And I'm really lucky because I've kind of come to this place in my life where I have made my peace with my mortality, facing your mortality at 17, when your life hasn't even really begun is intense. Seeing your parents mortality disintegrate when you're 11 is intense. And so that left this trauma with me that I had to sort out. And when I found reincarnation and I really learned about it and I realized how it's not a one or the other kind of proposition. You can't, you know. I can still um, speak cogently about Christianity or Islam or Judaism, and and have that dovetail with with um, you know reincarnation. And when that when that really hit home, it resolved a lot of trauma for me. So it, I haven't needed to go back yet. And I haven't wanted to open that can of worms until I need it, because when you do need it, when you do have that unresolved trauma, I think revisiting the core, the epicenter of what is actually causing whatever fear is going on in your life, you know, how it's reverberated through past lives, perhaps that's, that's where you, you need to tap into that.
0: Awesome. You said this is what my soul needed, and that struck such a strong core that I'm probably going to name the episode that. And um, that's how I cope with the major trauma in my life, of which I have, like, one event, but it was still my event. And, like, so I'm, I'm curious, um, how does—I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, set up a fake slash real paradigm. But, like, so how do— crimes affect you when you when you're not involved like like how do you view morality given all this like do you think that a soul needed to murder and then a different soul needed to be murdered
1: you know i hate to say this but i'm gonna give you because i don't like to speak in absolutes but i am here absolutely absolutely and i'm gonna tell you why so here's the thing if we accept that our souls are on this journey right it, everyone is on this journey it you know there are clearly people that are not as um you know they're not as high up in the plane as maybe somebody else if you want to think of it uh, you know for, as like a ladder almost you know they're not they're not up there yet and that you know if they're at that more rudimentary level what I would say is that their souls made a choice at some point that they needed to experience the um, consequences, the anguish, the, um, the the horror of being the villain in some storyline. For whatever reason, to teach their soul, to nourish their soul so that they could make sure that they, in the next life and in the next plane, are better people. Perhaps they're more empathetic people because of that in a future life. Um, and I would say to the person, about the person that was murdered, that their soul needed to experience um, that kind of victimization for whatever reason. And I'm playing with very broad brushstrokes here. Keep in mind, like, this is, um, you know, um, so, you know, they needed to experience that. There's something, there's something critical in that experience or in the, ma- you know, wh- how the experience manifests is not as important as the lesson that's in it. And so it may not be that the soul itself, I want to make this clear, I don't necessarily think that um, everything is predetermined, right? It's not like so-and-so at 247 is going to murder person A, You're like no. But there's something driving that that is a care- that is that is that is a carryover from that choice. And that murder is the manifestation unfortunately and horribly of whatever that person's soul lacked and the lesson it needed to be able to move forward and i don't necessarily think everybody moves forward in one life or two lives or three lives uh, you know some souls don't learn and this is something that when you you know reading a lot of the literature that's out there and reading a lot of the accounts it's it it comes up again and again you know, we're not all programmed to 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 be better in every single life that we live, but we have the choice to be better, and that, to me, is everything, because there's there's always that inherent choice that we can take a step back and say, you know, maybe I would get a little bit more out of this life if I you know, I'm a better person, or if I'm kinder, if I'm gentler, if I bring more light and love, that choice is always there.
0: This is fascinating. And I love like so many of the points you made. Um, and I want to kind of like generalize what you said to make sure I understood it correctly, but also for our audience. So you do believe that there's momentum, but you would not call that predetermination. And so any soul in any life can always not do the quote unquote wrong thing, which again, you're not calling wrong.
1: Yes, absolutely. We always have a choice. And I think that that, you know, that is, I mean, that is the the the, the spark of madness. That's the magic spark. That's what makes this life worth living. Cause wouldn't it be horrifically boring if everything was just set I mean, if, if you know, again, accepted reincarnation as being true, everything is set out and our souls already chose everything we're going to do. No, that would be awful. It's what you do with it. It's the same thing in this life. It's just, when you think of reincarnation, it's on a grander, more, um, uh, elongated scale, you know, we choose, choose and choose well.
0: Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to kind of like hit you with a weird point. Cause I didn't see this coming, but I do kind of want to challenge you not to give a different answer, but what is, blocking you about the regression because you sound so healthy and normal <laughs> so i'm sorry i know that's like a weird question but
1: oh no it's a weird question no it's just i think it's a really powerful tool and i think it's just it's something that i want to do some more reading i want to make sure that before i open that can of worms i'm ready to confront who i may have been in a past life you know i i think you make a really great point right like I do feel really healthy and like together, but it would be really sad for me to know that I was a jerk in a past life. You know what I mean? Or, but I must have been, you know, right. I've been a jerk in this life, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, but, but, it, but that's the thing. It's like, I, I think what, and I mean, what I think my past lives may have amounted to is like, I can be at this point now where I have been faced with this trauma and I can go, okay, well, I'm going to deal with it by, you know, trying to be a better person as opposed to becoming embittered and, and and lashing out. And I think that's the culmination of past lives. I think that that's an inherent wisdom because not everybody would not, you know, and again, we're talking about things here. It's like, well, why does pe- why do people do anything? This is one possibility, but it certainly makes a lot of sense to
0: me (laughs) yeah and so I kind of want to ask like a tangential question because you mentioned earlier paranormal phenomena which is another subject we've explored briefly but not a lot so I'm curious do you ever have you ever prayed to your dad and do you feel like he talks back to you do you think your dad is still like around and going to be reincarnated or what are your thoughts about all that specifically with your dad though
1: oh wow Specifically with my dad. So first, um, yes, I wouldn't say I pray to him. I would say I would say I I talk to him, and now that my mom's passed, I talk to her. Uh, you know, and I do get answers. I get a lot of dream visitation, and dream visitation it for me is it's very different than a regular dream. Um, I tend to be pretty empathic, and so I think I happen because I am open to this sort of stuff. I tend to experience it. There are some people that would look at me and say, Oh, well, you know, it's just in your head. But, you know, that's enough. Maybe it is just in my head. But, (laughs) but these dreams and some of the things that I've experienced, um, just, you know, paranormal activity, generally, I I really do think there's a little more to that. Um, And so... I do think that, so now we're going to get, we could go really far down the rabbit hole. You know, there's, there's this whole concept of, um, you know, being a split soul and part of your soul reincarnating, but the energy imprint that's left behind, um, you know, there's, there's, you can be in both places at once, basically. And that concept, that concept to me is pretty wild. And I haven't really gotten my head all the way around that yet, but I do believe my, both my parents are, I think they're, maybe they're in that, that place, too, that we haven't talked about, which is kind of that middle ground, you know, between lives. A lot of folks who have studied this and have, you know, gone through these regressions with clients and things like that, and they talk about um, this sort of resting plane where you go after you die to sort of reflect on your life and reflect on, you know, well, this is what my soul needed. This is what I set out to do in this life. Did I do it? What did I learn? What could I have done better? What can I take with me to the next life? What, what should I, what should I try to shed? And, and, you know, who knows, but if they're, if they're in that plane or if they've chosen to catch the next train to earth, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But I, I know their energy imprint is with me. And I know that, um, I, that, that I hear from them, not my dad as much as, as my mom, but I, I do when I need them, they're there.
0: I loved your mom, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Oh, She's very memorable. And just,
1: she was great. She was great. She she passed about three or four years ago now. And, um, you know, she, yeah, yeah me too. she, I'll tell you though she uh she went out uh the way she lived. you know she she fought like hell and 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 I I you know she's a great uh, example of this. I think about my mom when I think about reincarnation a lot and um you know she had such a hard life. She had such a hard life, you know, just her childhood was very traumatic in a lot of ways for her. And, um, at her young adult was traumatic and then she found my dad and she had 16 years of wedded bliss, but marriage is hard. <laughs> and then she lost my father and then she had to raise, uh, you know, a son on her own and a daughter on her own. And then she had, you know, I had cancer. Why does, you know, I, my wish for her when I let her go, cause I was with her when she passed was take this love to the next, to the next life and and i hope the next life is kinder i hope you learned whatever you have to learn and i really did i remember sitting i I sat there in her room holding her hand as she was passing and i i pray that her spirit heard all of that i believe she did you know take all of this love and um and 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 that that was always my wish for her
0: that's beautiful and i do want to ask um and again certain guests i wouldn't ask this but i i trust that you're not gonna be offended but um did you see, like, the animus, quote-unquote, leave her, like, when you actually saw her pass?
1: No, I didn't see that. Um, I, there was so much frenzy in the room, you know? There was just so, there was so much frenzy, and I was not, I was not looking for that. But I, I, I do believe that that is what happened. I really do believe. And whether you, you know, they say that um, people that have gone through near death experiences uh, that you sort of float above your body. And interestingly, when folks do past life regression, they recount that experience floating above their body, their souls and speaking to their bodies like, like, Oh, I'm leaving now, you know? And so and so that's got to be a pretty intense experience but yeah i i think that it absolutely it it completely makes sense to me
0: totally and when a person dies do you think the person will ever come back or is the soul gonna come back but that person is completely gone oh wow
1: that's interesting so well i think what I think, and I, you know, certainly there are a lot of questions that have a million answers. You know, this is a question that has a million answers. Um I think we're all splinters of the people of the of of the people we used to be. I I really I really do. I think that we take. We take the love with us, we take the, the trauma with us, we take the, the, the energy of our prior lives with us to the new life. And I think the, you know the, there are these studies on young children, for example, who are you know speaking about things and talking about deceased relatives that died years before they were born and they couldn't possibly know who these people were, or young children that can speak uh, foreign languages fluently. And this is documented, you know, uh, where does that come from? Um, So, yeah, we're splinters of of those people. Do we carry, you know, uh, do do we carry those past life memories actively in our our current lives? I think there's an argument that certain dreams probably are memories. Um, And I think that that's where past life regression can come in and, you know, put some pieces together. Uh, there's a great there's a great author that that I'd love to plug his name is Brian Weiss you know he talks about uh, this sort of phenomenon and you know he was incredulous because here's somebody that has this incredible educational pedigree and he's you know in a very esteemed profession of psychology and and science you know this is a man of science and and I think, when you see past life regression, the way he's experienced it, and and the way that I have had some friends who have experienced it, you know, there's, there's no question that it connects the dots for why we have certain behaviors. Um, personally, for example, I have OCD that I, I wasn't diagnosed until much later in life, just probably about four or five years ago. And I've always been just, Oh, well that's Amber. She's very type A, you know, that's Amber. She's just, you know, she's just a real go-getter. No, I have you know I'm that's not it and and so but if it's so that begs the question well why like why why am I wired this way why is this my brain chemistry well you know beyond um you know whatever they can look at through you know brain imaging why why does my body respond this way why do I respond this way and I am certain that there are some things and, uh, you know, in, in past lives that have contributed to that. So if I carried that forward, is that a splinter of a prior personality? Absolutely.
0: Wow. That's so powerful. And we are like running out of time, but I always want to give my guests a last chance to just say whatever they want to say. You have the floor. So this is your chance to speak to an audience of people who may or may not share your opinions and faith.
1: Well, you know, I just, I just want to clarify in my statements here. You know, I'm not any kind of expert. I'm certainly, I'm, I'm well read, of course. And, and this is absolutely something that fascinates me, but, you know, these are my opinions and these are my beliefs. And this is the thing that has really helped me to settle my fear. You know, I had such a fear of death, Mike, like, and you probably remember this from when we were kids. It like cantilevered over my entire existence And you know, I needed to get out from under that. I needed to figure it out, and this is what gave me the path forward. And it was a way for me to kind of compartmentalize and say, okay, you know, I got to make the best of this life. I'm going to ride this till the wheels fall off and squeeze every ounce of joy and love and 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 friendship and music and all of it like out of this life. But I also it took that burden off of me in some respects that like. I don't have any more chances, you know? No, like God, if something catastrophic were to happen and I had a traumatic, terrible cancer diagnosis tomorrow, I'd be really sad. Right. I would, I would be, and I would fight, but I would be able to pass with dignity and with uh, on my own terms, knowing that I was going to take all of that love with me and use the time I had to give as much love and leave that imprint of, of beauty and love behind so that the people who were important to me could take that with them. And so that, that is, that is where this comes from and the reincarnation in this philosophy is what gave me the ability to stop living in fear and to start living in love. And, um, yeah, and so this is just my belief system, and I don't intend to impose it on anybody else, and certainly I, I, I have tremendous respect for folks that would hear this and say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I, I completely disagree with that because this flies in the face of, of my Catholic faith or my Christian faith or whatever faith that particular person uh, subscribes to, and I would say I completely respect that. And I think that's important to get out there. I don't. I don't want anyone to think that I'm witnessing to them or or, or trying to convince them. Um, but I encourage anybody to to pick up some Brian Weiss books and read them because I do think that they're really powerful and it's a unique perspective, if nothing else.
0: Well, that is awesome. And Amber Von Liberty, thank you again for coming on the show and helping us put another nail in the coffin. It has been incredible to catch up with you and talk to you and hear your wisdom, which is true, true wisdom. And whether or not people agree or disagree, I loved it. And thank you again. So, everyone, this has been another episode of Coffin Talk, exit interviews with the living. My name is Mike Oppenheim, and as always, we will see you soon. I see that you see me and I see you hear this tune and I feel that you're near me and I see you while the